Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope you and your family are having a wonderful holiday season as we get ready to celebrate the Christ child. I am here in front of the old Yule log because it's cold outside. We have two types of weather on Signal Mountain during the winter, and that is rain and fog. And fog and rain, and we've got them outside right now. Guys, I want to talk to you about hourly pay. Our industry's most common methodology for compensating painters and why it is likely one of the worst ways to compensate your painters, both for you and the painters themselves. Before we get into this content, please do go to PaintingProfitSummit.com. We're going to discuss this particular subject in greater detail in an hour and a half with three separate painting companies and a panel but for today, we're going to hit the high points also at that fantastic gathering, our 8th annual Painting Profit Summit. We're going to be discussing how to break into commercial repaints, how to sell your painting services even in an inflationary economy. If you've watched your close rates go down, if your leads have come down, it's critically important that your sales process actually be effective. We're going to be discussing management and leadership of your staff and why it is so critically important to get more out of your people than ever given the economic environment and the uncertainty, how to go from being a small painting business with one or two people to a mid-size established uh, painting company that has more stability, predictability, and five, six, seven times the income and much more. Please do go to PaintingProfitsSummit.com. Let's get right into it. So, you pay your painters by the hour, probably. And even if you have subcontractors, guess what? The subcontractors are paying their painters by the hour. So in a fashion, you're doing it, whether you know it or not, at the source level, okay, where the brush hits the wall. Most people pick how much they're going to pay their painters in a very arbitrary manner. You may have a conversation at the paint store, look on Craigslist, talk to some of your painters, have a gut feeling, maybe you're even behind the times a little on pay, and you wonder why you can't get good people, probably because you're not paying them enough. Maybe they're getting low quality folks. But you come up with some arbitrary number. Let's say that your average painter's $25 an hour and your crew leader's 30. Okay, we'll do 25 and 30. Now, those numbers may vary based upon whether you're in a metro area, uh, if you're in the country, if you're in New York, if you're in um, California, or if you're in places like Canada or Australia or the United Kingdom, places where I coach painting contractors now and have for years. You may have currency and exchange rate issues, etc. but there is a base amount uh, that the market allocates for labor. And so somebody comes in and you negotiate some amount, 20 bucks an hour. Well, we'll see how you can do. Maybe we'll pay you 25. You stick them with Eddie. Okay, you're going to go paint with Eddie. You got two weeks. Let's hope you can make it. Uh, and then Eddie tells you if, if this person's good or not, which is really a, a bad way to pay people and a bad way to onboard them. What you really want to do is uh, to have technical skills assessment, non-technical skills assessments, uh, things of that nature, but we'll get into that later. That's, that's another conversation for another time. But let's say that you finally arrive, probably in an arbitrary manner, at $25 an hour, okay? You're gonna put this person, let's call him Bob. 
Bob's going to get paid 25 and Fred, the crew leader, is going to get paid 30. You're going to put Bob and Fred on a project. It's painting the outside of a house, for example. And you have determined that this house is going to take $2,000 in labor because you've guessed, right? You just guessed. I got lots of experience. I guess a house is worth this much. Maybe you got square footage or unit pricing. That really doesn't work. Production rate estimating is the only methodology that is accurate coupled with job costing. I've had this argument with people thousands of times and they've always been wrong. <laughs> That's the reason that painting franchises only use production rate estimating to take someone with no painting experience and make them more accurate in two weeks at estimating than someone with 30 years experience. Um, but nonetheless, that's, that's another video for another time. You can look up some of our other uh, previous in-depth videos on production rate estimating. But you have guessed, right? You've guessed 2,000 labor hours. Well, there's a little bit of a problem with the guess. I'm not going to get into that too much, but the, the problem is it, it, it could be $2,400 uh, in labor because you guessed. That's 20% variance, which for a guess is still pretty good. It's probably higher than that. Or it, it could be 20% less could be $1,800, but you don't really know. Your painters don't know. You put them on a job. Um, and most owners don't really give their painters, and I know this because I've done like 2,500 in-depth assessments that are hour-long with painting companies. They, um, they don't even give their, their painters hourly goals. Like there's, you got 2,000 hours you've, uh, or $2,000 in labor. There's X number of hours, right? So you just put them on the job, maybe with some verbal instructions that are hastily given, uh, you might even go so far as to give them a scope of work if you're lucky. Uh, go get them, boys. Go paint this stuff. I got to go do something else. And they blow the budget. Completely blow the budget. Like this thing ain't making no money. Bob gets paid 20 bucks an hour. Fred gets paid 30 or 25 and 30, whatever we talked about previously. Doesn't matter if it was productive or not. Now you put them on another job. You say it's 2,000 labor hours. They get done in half the time, again, because you're guessing. They get paid $25 and $30 an hour. You can see in this scenario that their productivity that results in profits for you as the owner, their productivity has no relationship to the pay they receive. They receive pay for marking time not for producing value. You want to pay people for producing value, not marking time. And that's where high-performance pay comes in, okay? So let's take, it, take the example. If someone, the, the basic premise is this. If someone brings a project in well under budget, they should make a much higher hourly rate for the time they spent on that project. If they brought uh, the project uh, in uh, way over budget, they should make less money. I hope I said that right. I'm going to say it again because I can't remember if I did or not. And I'm not re-recording this thing. <laughs> so if they come in under budget, meaning there's a $2,000 uh, labor budget, hard labor budget. Now, you should be charging the client $4,000. If you got $2,000 in projected hard costs, you should be charging the client $4,000. That methodology works in all markets. It's called 50% gross profits. It's doubling your costs. You should do that with material too. Okay, 
Now, most people can't double their material costs because they're overpaying by 35 to 45% because they're not a member of the Painters Purchasing Group. I've seen this. Go to paintersacademy.com, hit that Purchasing Group button, sign up, okay? You are overpaying, about an 80% chance you're overpaying. It's going to cost you hundreds of thousands, some of you, and tens of thousands others. Please do this. I'm like John the Baptist crying out in the wilderness, join the Purchasing Group, you're overpaying. Back to the story. Uh, so you're doubling your labor budget. So if Bob and Fred work on this project and it is $2,000 in hard labor and yet they bring it in with only $1,600 in labor used, they should get paid more per hour on that job. Now, if they co-paint for a job that's $2,000 in labor, but they bring it in at $2,500, and labor costs. That means you're not going to make nearly as much money as you should. Based on the projections, they should be paid less per hour. And you should have a process and a system by which when you bring projects in under budget, you make more money. When those projects come in over budget, you make less money. And over time, you can look at your crews and you can look at the data and you can look at through job costing what's going on and you can determine Hey, this is a highly productive crew. We need to pay them more. This is a mid-level crew. We need to pay them in the middle. This is our slowest crew. We're going to pay them the least. When you do that, when you tie people's productivity to their pay, it creates a culture of performance and accountability. When you arbitrarily pay your painters by the hour, irregardless of productivity, you're going to be real lucky if you consistently make money. And what you want to be at is at 50% gross profits consistently on your jobs. You want to be doubling your money. If there's $5,000 in hard costs, you need to be making uh, a, a, a sale of $10,000. If you're not doing that, everything else is going to be not in the best shape, okay? If that's not, if that's not happening, you're going to be in trouble. And if you have production rate estimating and your estimates are accurate, maybe one job comes in at 45%, the other one comes in at 55%, one of them comes at 47%, the other one comes in at 52%. You want variance to look like this. But most painting companies have variance that looks like this. Lose money, make a little money. Lose money, make a little money. It's like, it's like, it's like this. You can't have that. You can't have that and, and have some kind of uh, predictability and stability in your business. So let's recap. We need to use production rate estimating to make sure our estimates are accurate. We need to, to do daily job costing to make sure that these jobs are coming in on budget. We need to do some sort of technical skills uh, assessment to see how fast somebody can paint to get them in an in a original uh, or initial rather bracket of productivity. Then we need to put them on a job that has been accurately estimated. We need to track the labor. And we need to allocate portions of that labor budget so that painters that are very fast get paid more and painters that are very slow get paid less. And slowly but surely, you know what happens when you do this? I'll tell you what happens. You end up attracting the fastest painters in your area because you can promise them that you can pay them more than anybody else. And you can. You can then afford to pay them more because you're not just paying them more because you hope they'll make you money. You pay them more because they are making you more money.
See how that works? Makes complete and total sense. Now, if you've listened to this video and you've gotten some value out of it, I need you to do two things. Number one, please do hit the subscribe button. Leave your comments below. And if you have any questions you want to submit uh, to Walking with Brandon, put those in the comments section. I always read the comments eventually. Or email me, brandon at paintersacademy.com. I said I was going to ask you for two things. I'm going to ask you for four, okay? It's, it's called an upsell. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other two things, I'm sorry. I, I need some coffee here. One second. The other two things I'm going to ask you to do uh, are to, three, go to the Painting Profit Summit event page, please. Check that thing out. The tickets are dirt cheap for virtual and live attendance. I don't know what you're doing with your money, but we're getting toward the end of the year. You want to reduce your tax burden. I can think of no better way than to actually invest in your own future, in your business, in your acumen. This is what you do to make money. Spending time to learn how to do it better only makes sense. And then finally, some of you need help in your business. You know it. You're not making the money you should. The leads aren't coming in. You can't manage your painters. You've gone from being a painter to an owner. And you have no training in time management, sales, marketing, operations, and you're just in struggles field. Maybe you've even got a two or three million dollar painting business and you're only making like $200,000 a year. And you're like, I don't know what's going on. I got all these people employed. I got all these vans all over the place, but I'm not making any stinking money. Well, that's a good reason to email me, brandon at paintersacademy.com. I promise you, all I'm going to do is look at your business systems, make recommendations, and you will know more about the state of your painting business when we get off that call than you did before we got on it. You'll have a crystal clear vision of where you need to go. And that's our free 60-minute diagnostic call. I'd be happy to help you with that uh, anytime. You just let me know. Brandon Lewis here. Merry Christmas. Stop paying your painters exclusively by the hour. And if you really want to learn more about this, uh, the way to track the reporting, uh, the software that is available to actually help you with this in a unique way that adds lots of value, how to roll it out and explain it to your crew leads, how to do the specific calculations, you cannot miss the Painting Profit Summit because we're going to have a fantastic panel of guys. I don't know if I told you. I'm going long here. I apologize. We've got Danny and Shay of Harbor Painting. If I'm repeating myself, I apologize. Uh, we've got Mark DeFrancesco of MDF Painting, and we're going to have Trent Husky of Husky Paint and Design. It's going to be an hour and a half long uh, presentation slash panel because I really want our members and I want you, if you're not a member, to know exactly how to do this because uh, we're in a, a really rough time right now economically. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in the next few months uh, up until the November election. It's always bad heading into a presidential election and coming off of what they did to us the last three years, wrecking the economy as they did. Like we're, we're not in regular times right now. So if you want to succeed and do well and to have a buffer and to have some added assurance that you're going to weather the storm profitably and even grow, you've got to do things differently. 
Uh, this is not a time to do things in a business as usual fashion. It's a time to innovate, explore, and educate yourself. Guys, love you. Mean it. I'll talk to you next time. Take care.